The topic of today's podcast is a miracle cure. It will not only solve the problem of self-pity and grumbling, it'll solve a hundred other problems in your life. It will improve your physical health, your emotional and psychological well-being, and in dramatic ways, it'll improve your spiritual health and your relationship with God. Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. It's hard to imagine complaining that doesn't involve some degree of self-pity. The insidious thing about self-pity is it makes it impossible for you to enjoy God's gifts. You can't enjoy them because you're not looking at them. We looked at the verse before... Deuteronomy 32.5, a minute ago. Now let's look at the next verse, after Deuteronomy 32.5. Verse 6 says, look what he says. Is this the way you repay the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you? And then he goes on to describe all these wonderful things that God has done for them. God gave them all these, these gifts, and they're complaining. And he says, is this the way that you repay me? Why? Why are they complaining? Because self-pity does that. Self-pity blinds you to his blessings. That's why he points out the blessings here. Because they're, they're blind to it. Self-pity is like a lawyer building a case for how rough you've got it. How hard your life is. That's what we do when we start feeling self-pity, right? We're just like, oh, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong. And we don't, we don't even observe the good things, the blessings that come. The more you allow the disease of self-pity into your heart, the more you'll find yourself holding God's blessings at arm's length because you're trying to build a case for how tough you've got it, so you, you ignore his blessings. So then it won't even matter how much blessing God showers down on your life. You won't be able to enjoy it. You won't even be able to see it because you'll ignore it. That's what self-pity does. It's insidious. It just makes you miserable. It doesn't do any good for you. So what's the solution to self-pity? What's the proper response when God gives you blessings? What is it? Gratitude. Yeah, gratitude. If God has taken care of you and provided for you in the past and, and, and given you all these things, the proper response is gratitude, not grumbling. And I'll tell you, it's impossible to have gratitude and to grumble at the same time. Impossible. It can't happen. You want to solve the problem of self-pity, you can solve it instantly with thankfulness because it's impossible to be thankful and to grumble at the same time try this ask the people who know you uh, best to tell you what are the things that I complain about the most and brace yourself because they'll <laughs> they'll tell you stuff and you'll be like what no I don't you know I know but 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 just 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 ask them and when, and when they give you the answer, when you find out what it, where the complaining problems are in your life, when you find that out, don't try to solve the problem by just keeping your mouth shut. That w- won't work. That won't do anything because you have a grumbling attitude, even if you don't say anything, right? Um, maybe you were told growing up, if you can't think of anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, no, that's not good enough. If you can't think of anything good to say, think harder. Because there's plenty good to say. And if you can't think of anything, it's probably because you're thinking in the wrong direction. If you're thinking about what God hasn't given you, 
instead of what he has given you. And if you do that, if you're always focused on what he hasn't given you instead of what he has, it will be impossible for you to be happy. Because there's always an infinite number of things that he hasn't given you. The level of ingratitude that has to be in our hearts for us to complain is absolutely staggering if you think about it. Because what has God given us? I mean, you don't even have time to list them all, the blessings. Millions of people starving to death, watching their children cry as they starve to death and die. And, 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 and meanwhile, because of God's kindness and his goodness and his generosity, what are we doing? We're feasting like kings and queens every day with an availability and variety and abundance of food that most people who have ever lived in this world can never even imagine. And, and, and what happens? This food is the wrong temperature. Several degrees colder than what I would have preferred. My whole meal is ruined. I can't enjoy that. Yes, I'm eating like a king, but, but, but the waiter took too long to serve it to me. Now I'm mad. Grumble, gongoosmos, whatever. I mean, people, people, most people who ever lived, they, they, they had to walk everywhere they ever went. And us, we, for a couple of hours' wages, can fill a tank in a, in a car and drive in plush comfort for hundreds of miles wherever we want to go. God has been so generous to us. And then what do we do? Someone cuts us off or we get into a little bit of traffic or go slow or something. We're miserable. People in India born and die on the same sidewalk. And and what what, what God puts us in these big, beautiful, lavish houses and and we grumble and complain because there's not enough cabinet space, kitchen. God's given us eternal life. We complain about a stuck zipper. Jesus was crucified. He suffered crucifixion for us, and we moan about the price of health care. While we were yet his enemies, he adopted us into his own family, and we bellyache about standing in a long line or a short line, any line. We've been given the Holy Spirit to live inside us. We grouse about, I have to shovel some snow. We've been given an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, and we gripe about, it took us a few extra minutes to find our keys. All the guilt of all of your sins, of your life, have been completely wiped out. You've been totally forgiven and reconciled to God if your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and, 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 and you whine about, oh, I have to clean up somebody else's mess. I didn't make this mess. God has given you a calling in life, a meaningful task that has eternal impact on the kingdom of God, and we complain about a barking dog or some incompetent people around us aren't doing things right. What is it that we think we deserve? Paradise? God's promised us that too. And that's not enough. See, ingratitude and self-pity make it impossible to enjoy God's love because no matter how many gestures of God's love that he gives you in a day, you won't be able to enjoy them because all of your attention will be fixed on what he hasn't given you. Even when what he has given you is far greater than what he hasn't given you. I can't even tell you how many thousands of times I got on my knees and begged God to give me a position in a church where I could spend my full time in the ministry of the Word. Begged and begged and pleaded with God. Give me a situation that is exactly the situation that I have now. 
thousands of times. In spite of terrible sin and disobedience and negligence and incompetence and ignorance on my part, God still answered the prayers, gave me my dream job. And after all those years of begging God for it, I have to tell you, it makes me sick to my stomach in studying this passage when I realized how many times I have grumbled and complained about the very thing that I begged God to give me and He graciously gave me. So what's the solution to the attitude of self-pity? It's gratitude. Gratitude. It's impossible to complain and be thankful at the same time. And I tell you, God has been teaching me this last couple of months about gratitude. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, I can't tell you how much more joy that I have now um, as a result. Just learning to... I thought I was... I already thought I was grateful, but um, God is teaching me more and more about how to just be thankful to Him moment by moment, and it just puts joy in your life. And when I say thankful, I'm, you know I'm saying more than just saying thank you to God, right? I mean, it, we know that gratitude is more than speaking words. We know that from our kids, right? You te- you're trying to teach your little kid, you know, somebody gives them a gift, what do you say? Uh, and they're like, uh, please, or uh, I'm sorry, or, uh, 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 thank you, right, okay. And, and, you know, and that, that's not gratitude. They're just trying to learn how to say the right words. What is gratitude? What is, what is thank? I mean, how would you define it? Imagine a kid unwraps a present, mumbles thank you, tosses it aside, walks away. Well, that's not gratitude, right? Imagine you give a gift to a kid and he unwraps it and as soon as he sees it, he, gets, he lights up, sets it aside, comes running up to you and gives you the tightest hug he's ever given you. That's gratitude. The genuineness of his gratitude is measured not by the number of his words but by the tightness of his hug, right? So what, what actually is Gratitude. I did a study of the uh, Psalms of Thanksgiving, and I think it boils down to this. Gratitude is when you see the gift as valuable and undeserved, you consciously think of it as an indication of the giver's love for you, you enjoy that, and you verbalize your delight in that gesture of love to the giver. That's gratitude. Okay? Or to put it a little bit more simply, Gratitude is, an em- is emotional responsiveness to God's love. It's emotional responsiveness to God's love. Ingratitude is emotional deadness to God's love. And it always results in grumbling because it shuts out joy. It slams the door. It pulls down the shades, blocking out the rays of God's love for you. But you'll be amazed at the joy that will come into your life if you lift those shades, you replace all of your grumbling with gratitude. It'll open up the windows of your life to a whole world of blessing from God that you haven't even been noticing up to now. And that's what God wants for you. He wants you to have that joy. It's such a merciful command when He tells us, no complaining, don't grumble. Because grumbling is just hurting yourself. Now, we haven't even gotten to the arguing part. He says, do everything without complaining or arguing. And, uh, and we haven't gotten to how, how is it that refraining from grumbling will make us shine like stars in the universe. Um, we'll have to save that for next time. But for this week, I just want to urge you, just give this a try. 
Give this a try. Ask the people around you, uh, what do I tend to complain about? And then just make an effort to replace negativity with faith in the goodness of God. Memorize Deuteronomy 32.4. And replace hostility and anger with a humility that says, yes, Lord, I accept this from your hand. I submit to this. And replace attitudes of self-pity with genuine gratitude to God. Every time you start to feel sorry for yourself, oh, this is so hard, this is so hard, just say, thank you, God. Thank Him for what He's doing. And have an emotional responsiveness to His love for you and see if your life doesn't fill up with new joy. Let's pray. Lord, forgive us for our ingratitude and our pride and our negativity and um, our rejection of your providence and make us a grateful people thank you for the solution that you've given us that the solution isn't painful um the solutions to some spiritual problems are really hard really painful this isn't nothing painful about it it's it's a delight you've given us such a you've given us two paths one of one of them is 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 like hitting ourselves in the face with a hammer the other one is is delight and joy and All we have to do is just pick the ladder. Lord, make us a grateful people. Open our eyes to your goodness and open our hearts to be receptive to your gestures of love. For we ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's hard to overstate the importance of gratitude. Even the psychology world has noticed that. Studies have shown that thankfulness has one of the strongest links to mental health and satisfaction with life than any other trait, even more than optimism, hope, compassion, any of that. They've measured marked decreases in anxiety, depression, envy, resentment, greed, and bitterness when people feel gratitude. And it's even good for you physically. It improves sleep, your immunity, quicker recovery from illness, People with hypertension achieved up to 10% reduction in systolic blood pressure compared to the control group when they were uh, expressing gratitude. They also had increased levels of energy, alertness, enthusiasm. They had a better sense of closure for traumatic memories, increased cardiac health, more satisfying relationships, and a greater sense of purpose. If a pill could do even half of that, everyone would buy it. But those physical and emotional benefits are just the tip of the iceberg of the value of gratitude. Scripture promises amazing things about the spiritual benefits. Gratitude solves the problems of anxiety, greed, covetousness, sexual immorality, addictions, enslaving sins, selfishness, pride. It's like a miracle cure. If you're not going out of your way to express gratitude to God every single day and many times a day, you're leaving so much spiritual and physical health on the table that could be yours. And for today, here's my recommendation. Try to cluster your gratitude around the areas of anxiety in your life. So when you start giving thanks, where do you even begin? I mean, God's given you so many gifts, so much to be thankful for. How do you even pick something? Well, a great place to start is with all the blessings surrounding the areas of your greatest anxiety. The biggest anxiety I have right now, let's give you an example. My biggest anxiety right now is the IRS. Because every time I try to send in my quarterly payments, they apply them to the wrong year, and then they penalize me for not making my payments, 
And then they give me such a runaround every time I call to try to get it straightened out. I really risk losing my sanctification every time I deal with them. So today, in my morning prayer time, I thought, okay, my biggest area of anxiety is my taxes. That's where I'll focus my thanksgiving. So I thanked God for all the blessings he's given me that are related to this trial. And guess what happened to my anxiety level when I thanked God for all that? It's gone. Anxiety's gone. I'll share my prayer with you. And you can pray along and just fill in the things related to your greatest anxiety. Father, if I'm paying income taxes, it's because I'm making money. Thank you for the income that you've supplied me with. You've been so faithful to supply all my needs for 55 years now so far. Thank you for all that and for all that's still to come. Thank you for the comfort that I can have in your promises to supply all my needs. Thank you so much, Lord, for this job you've given me. I can get paid to help people, and it allows me to listen to sermons and audiobooks and time to think, lots of time to myself in a comfortable air-conditioned truck, time off, a good boss, the chance to see the glorious Colorado Rockies all day. Thank you for letting me be born in a country where there's at least some legal recourse for injustice in situations like this. And more than all that, thank you for your good and perfect purposes in this trial. And thank you for all the benefits that I get from the hardship, testing and building my faith, building my perseverance, refining my character, Achieving for me an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs the headache of dealing with the IRS. Thank you for the opportunity to respond in ways that glorify you. Give me the grace to do that, Lord. And thank you for the humility that this can teach me. Give me the grace to respond in ways that will give me the most of all these benefits. And thank you for whatever you have in mind in answer to my prayers on this issue. I've asked you for justice in the matter. I've asked you that uh, resolving it wouldn't take too much time away from my ministry work. I've asked you to supply the money that I need to pay the tax bill. I don't know what your answers will be to those prayers. Maybe you'll say yes, maybe you'll say no. Thank you, Lord, for whichever it will be. And thank you that I can be confident that if the answer is no, it's only because you're going to give me something better instead. And even if that thing that you give me will be painful, it'll still be better. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.